You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Bellato, joined as always by Chris Flum, and we are here to go through the Philadelphia Eagles matchup against the New York football giants let's take a look at this philadelphia eagles team starting with this offense chris and it is a pretty potent offense led by a young developing quarterback named jalen hurts we all know him from his time at alabama when he was with brian dable and he was benched for Tua Tagovailoa in the national championship game transfers oklahoma ends up being a second round pick and now he is in his third season chris and i gotta say this kid has really developed as a young quarterback with great weapons around him and one of the best offensive lines which we have to bring up But in terms of his field vision and how he is throwing the football, it seems like there's a big difference from Jalen Hurts in 2021 and Hurts in 2022. Yeah, and I would say even Hurts from the end of 2020 through to now, he has really developed at a very, very rapid clip. And I think you could see that development starting at Alabama and then continuing at Oklahoma. Yeah, I don't blame Alabama for benching Hertz in in favor of Tua. I think that was a good move. I do have to credit Hertz for really handling the situation like a pro and being an incredible leader and sportsman in the locker room. He did not make any waves or anything like that. But he did transfer to Oklahoma. That has that I think was a good move for him. He Developed some as a passer there. He was really primarily a running quarterback at Alabama. And I think that's the that's the image a lot of people have of him. And that is kind of the quarterback he had been to start his career. But now he has really, really developed as a passer. He's always had a strong arm. He can reach all levels of the field. But now he is seeing the field so much better than he did as a rookie or even seven second year player as you talked about with his field vision yeah he is a quarterback who has just three interceptions on the season despite philly having one of the best offenses in the nfl it's really impressive what he's done yeah and he has 20 touchdowns just under three thousand yards his completion percentage is 68.1 percent And then you brought up his most dangerous asset, and that's his ability to run the football. 670 or 607 yards on the ground, nine touchdowns. Now he's put the football on the ground seven times. He lost it, and I think he put it on the ground 10 times. So maybe that's a way the Giants can take advantage of Hurts when he is running in space. But he's also really smart with the football in his hands. He knows how to get down. He doesn't take these big unnecessary shots that you see from other 
mobile quarterbacks. He's very smart, similar to like a Russell Wilson. When Russell Wilson was younger in his career, he typically goes out of bounds or he gets down before he can take those really devastating type of blows. But I really appreciate Jalen Hurts as a human being, the way he handled that to a situation going back to his time in college. And I wish he wasn't on the Philadelphia Eagles, Chris, because he is a very easy player to root for, but not this week. <laughs> yeah, in a lot of ways, Jalen Hurts kind of reminds me of Dak Prescott as a player coming out of college. A lot of people were down on, they weren't sure if he was going to be an NFL quarterback or a lot of people just straight up dismissed him as an NFL quarterback. But a lot of his intangibles, his character on and off the field really have really shown through in his development. And he's to the point right now where he's got that 68% completion percentage or he's completing 68% of his passes, but those aren't gimmies. His raw yards per attempt is 8.2 and his adjusted yards per attempt is nine yards per attempt. So he's looking downfield and he's connecting quite often. So this is going to be, I think a real test for the Giants' secondary, which is not what they need right now. They, they could really use another Davis Mills or Taylor Heineke quarterback right now. <laughs> And Heineke, just watching through that tape, he missed so many throws throughout the game. Hurts, he's an upgrade in terms of accuracy. And when you consider the weapons that Jalen Hurts has at his disposal, A.J. Brown, the Titans traded him for a first-round pick to Philadelphia. Then Philadelphia, the year prior to that, drafted Devonta Smith right before the New York Giants had an opportunity to. And those two are two of the better receivers in the league. You pair them together with Jalen Hurts, the rushing attack that we're about to go over, the offensive line, and you just look at this offense. You say, this is one explosive offense, and I think you brought up something really important, Chris. Jalen Hurts is not checking this stuff down, man. He is airing the football out, and if he has a one-on-one matchup with A.J. Brown downfield, the ball is going in that direction, and I look around the New York Giants secondary. I think Nick McLeod has been playing really well. You know, Fabian Moreau, he had a down game last week, but he's probably the best corner option the Giants have on a consistent basis. But one-on-one matchups against A.J. Brown, who are the Giants gonna? Who are the Giants going to attempt to put in that position? Right? What cornerback? I know they bracketed Terry McLaurin sometimes, but the Giants are not a defense that are going to, that's going to do that consistently. So it's going to be it's going to be difficult to defend this offense. It's not even going to be with their star tight end Dallas Goddard. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants try to or try different matchups just to see what works. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Radarius Williams out there just based on his size and physicality against. AJ Brown, but man, Brown is a tough ask for any quarterback, any cornerback in the NFL. He's got size, he's got speed, he's got good route running, he's got great hands and body control. He can be, he can out physical just about any corner in the NFL. That uh, I cannot, for the life of me, fathom why the Titans traded him away. And as I said on draft night when I saw that happen, I hate it when the Eagles do smart things. <laughs> yeah. And Howie Roseman is kind of prone to doing smart things. He's been one of the better general managers in the NFL over the last decade. And look at this offense. Now, if you look at some of these advanced metrics, this offense is second in total EPA per game. They had, that means the estimated points that are added 
by this offense is more than any other team in this league by the way that they're playing on the football field other than the Kansas City Chiefs who are the Kansas City Chiefs and they have Patrick Mahomes. So this is a dangerous offense. This is an explosive offense. This is an offense that could beat you through the air. But the identity of this offense still, even though Jalen Hurts has developed as a passer, is to run the football. And Chris, man, looking at the film last year when Patrick Graham was a defensive coordinator and then previewing the film right now, this offensive approach in terms of running the football is so diverse and they could beat you in so many different ways. It's not just, you know, we're going to do some zone. We're going to do some power. No, man, they incorporate Jalen Hurts. They incorporate the zone read, the RPO tag, similar to what we've seen with Daniel Jones and Mike Kafka this year. But it's just really dynamic because their offensive line is insane, Chris. Yeah, it really is. They're, they're athletic. They are very, very very well coached and they've got enough they've got a great mix of young guys and veterans where they can function as a true unit they don't have five guys out there they have one offensive line unit and when you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts who has speed he can also be a very tough runner he's got great field vision as a runner and then you've got Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, and the the littlest ball, uh, the littlest giant killer, Boston Scott. Oof! Like it, it's bad enough they can throw the ball as well as they can. They can also beat you on the ground, like we have seen. <laughs> when you look at the Giants linebackers, too, the Giants linebackers have struggled all season against counter runs, against any kind of pre-snap eye candy motion at the snap misdirection and I feel like the Eagles do an excellent job employing that because they have a quarterback and go into the mesh point out of the shotgun in the zone read hand the football off to Kenneth Gainwell Miles Sanders or he can just keep it and Nick Sirianni in this offense just does a great job building tags and other options off of every single RPO type of play that they run. I can just already see, man, these giant second level defenders, the linebackers being a little bit confused. And if you get a little bit of hesitation, Chris, against this offense, those athletic offensive linemen, Kelsey, Lane Johnson, even Siamalo and players like that, they're going to climb up to the second level and you're going to be eliminated from some of these running attempts. Yeah, it really, that really is how it goes. And since they have been able to add a passing attack to that run game, it becomes a pick your poison offense. You know, do you play quarters or a two deep coverage shell? So you can bracket both AJ Brown and Devonte Smith, in which case you have at most seven defenders to deal with that running attack. Or do you try to sneak eight guys down to the box, leave one high safety middle field closed and just hope you can deal with either Smith or Quez Watkins or AJ Brown one-on-one and just throw bodies at this running game. It is a very, very difficult choice a defense has to make. And Quez Watkins, he's questionable for this game. He has an AC joint injury. We'll have to wait and see. But he's more of a spark plug out of the slot, just pure speed downfield. His his targets have risen over the last couple weeks with the injury of to Dallas Goddard. But you're right, man. Another 
two other names we haven't brought up on the offensive line. I just kind of want to shout them out because they're insane players. Is Landon Dickerson, who was drafted out of Alabama, used to be at Florida State. Tons of injuries in college, but now he is starting as left guard in the NFL, and he's really effective. And one of the best left tackles in the league, Jordan Maialata, who was a seventh-round pick. A seventh-round pick, a former rugby player that Howie Roseman drafted, and he turns into one of the best offensive linemen in the National Football League. That is just something I, I want I hope, Chris, can happen for the New York Giants. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe the Giants can snake the, the Eagles' offensive line coach because they, they have really done a tremendous job developing Mylotta. Because for a, a long time, people thought it would be Andre Dillard who would be their left tackle pretty much of the future, and he has been a complete non-factor for them. And instead, it's a seventh-round pick who wasn't even a football player. It it is just so frustrating when the Eagles do these sorts of things, but just as, as a team, they are so consistently competent that it's tough as a general football fan to really dislike them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I understand where you're coming from, but it's easy for me to dislike them. And I'm sure it is for you because it's, the Philadelphia freaking Eagles. <laughs> it's Philly. <laughs> That's all you have to say. But yeah, no, Andre Dillard, he, he's dealt with several injuries throughout his career. And also, whenever Philadelphia does employ six offensive linemen, if they do, they also have Cam Jurgens, who had a lot of snaps last week, or not a lot, but a handful, because the Philadelphia Eagles blew out the Titans. But he's another just incredibly athletic offensive lineman who is going to replace Jason Kelsey whenever Kelsey slows down, if Kelsey ever <laughs> slows down. That's just another name that's in their system right now, getting coached by their offensive line coach, Jeff Stoutland, who the Giants should be familiar with because in a couple of years, we're going to be like, damn, Cam Jurgens is really good. It's uh, it's um, yeah. They're a factory. They once called themselves a quarterback factory, but they're much more of an offensive line factory than a quarterback factory. Yeah, well, with a nickname like Beef Jurgens, how can he not be good eventually? (laughs) Exactly. But Chris, before we get to the rest of this Philadelphia Eagles team, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Chris, let's dive into this defense because the offense is impressive enough. But man, looking through this defensive personnel, it's difficult to find a weak spot anywhere on this defense. And if you look at the statistics, you could see why they're very, very good. And you know what? There was a little bit of a dip once Jordan Davis was hurt, but now he is presumably healthy and ready to go against, of course, these New York football giants. Yeah, this 
defense is just annoyingly good to all levels. And I, I think the most annoying part of it is that James Bradbury is out there and playing exceptionally well across from Darius Slay at cornerback. But I, we might as well start at the line of scrimmage and work our way back. The Eagles, of course, have a great pass rush. Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, they're both in the top 10 of ESPN's pass rush win rate. I believe they're both in the top five. Javon Hargrave, defensive tackle, he is also in the top 10 of their pass rush win rate, which I really wish ESPN didn't make that a tongue twister, but they did because it's ESPN. (laughs) And I believe Hargrave is in the top five again himself. They also still have Fletcher Cox, who is still Fletcher Cox out there. He's another guy which you're you're just kind of looking at a calendar waiting for him to slow down, and he refuses to. And then, you know, they have signed Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue. And like you said, they got Jordan Davis back last week. He played limited snaps, but he is he is an impact player when he is on the field. So this is going to be yet another big test for the Giants offensive line. And that's the story, right? Because the Giants interior offensive line specifically has struggled. And if you look at Mark Lewinsky specifically, this guy cannot hold his own against power rushers. And then you look at Jordan Davis, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Linville Joseph, Ndamukong Sue. What do all of those players do successfully, Chris? Oh, they they put offensive linemen on skates. That is what they do. Except for Jordan Davis, who just kind of runs over them like a Mack truck. He is... If Giants fans aren't familiar with him, which I imagine they would be after the absolute show he put on at the scouting combine back in February, but he is as big as Dexter Lawrence, if not bigger, and somehow even more athletic. It is absolutely insane what that man is able to do. Yeah, Jordan Davis is a scary player to go up against. And there's even veteran guys on this team that maybe don't have the notoriety that some of these other names do. But guys like Brandon Graham, to me, they've been around the NFL for like a decade. And they're just super smart players who always know what to do and where to be. You have the third round pick from last year's draft in 2021, Milton Williams, who isn't as big as Jordan Davis, but he's still a very good athlete who is kind of mixed into this rotation. And when you just consider all of these names, Chris, They can stay fresh the entire game because this defensive line is so deep. As much as I love the New York Giants defensive line, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, you have guys like Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau coming off the edge. You look at the guys behind the two big ones and you got like Justin Ellis playing. You got Henry Mondu playing. No shot on players like that. But the Eagles have Nadama Kansu, Linville Joseph. Brandon Graham and players like that who can fit into their defensive line. It's just they can keep these big guys fresh and just harass the hell out of the Giants offensive front. Yeah, they they are a handful for any offensive line in the NFL. And and with the Giants offensive line, which has struggled against power, it's also the interior has also struggled against defensive linemen who are able to penetrate and they have dealt with so many injuries. They've really scraped the bottom of their depth chart at times. You know, this is one of those games which you look at it 
and you go, this is going to get won or lost in the trenches. And the Giants offensive line really have their work cut out for them because they need to win the line of scrimmage enough that the Giants can get the running game going. And the combination of Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick, who Giant fans know well from his time with the Arizona Cardinals when he had, what was it, Chris, six sacks against the Giants going back to the 2020 season. Those two are dynamic as edge rushers. And Reddick has 40 pressures on the season. Josh Sweat has 34. So even Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas are going to have their work cut out for him on Sunday. Yeah, they really are. The, Reddick is undersized, but that gives him a very small strike zone for offensive tackles he is he is tough for offensive tackles to get their hands on because he's not very he's not very broad he's pretty low to the ground and he both of these guys can absolutely fire off the ball they are really great speed rushers and sweat he's not small he's like six foot five he's just a big dude out of florida state like landon dickerson who was at florida state before he went to alabama a lot of injuries dating back to his time at college, but since he's gotten to the NFL, he's been healthy and he's been a real impact player for Howie Roseman in the Philadelphia Eagles. But transitioning to their linebackers, which is traditionally a position that the Philadelphia Eagles overlook. They don't spend a lot of draft capital at the linebacker position, but they got Nicobe Dean in the third round, right? And then they have TJ Edwards, who they was a UDFA out of Wisconsin back in 2019. And Chris, this kid is finally really coming into his own. And I think he's an impact player that this Philadelphia Eagles team can rely on at the second level of the defense. Yeah. And they also have Kazir White. You know, somehow Nicobe Dean, who is a guy I think we both really liked coming out of Georgia last year. A lot of people had him as LB1. Uh, I think he was a little bit undersized. He somehow slipped to the third round. I I had him as a first round pick. I wouldn't have been surprised if he was in, in the second round. I'm, I'm not sure how he slipped all the way to the third round, but he is very, very athletic, very, very instinctive. And somehow he's still third on their linebacker depth chart because white and Edwards are just so well-rounded. They're good in space. They can cover, they can play the run. They can blitz, even though Philly does, really ever have to blitz all that often they can do pretty much everything out there and again it, it's another area that it's just frustrating because they have had the same approach to the linebacker position as the giants have just with opposite results Kaiser white he was a safety going back to his time at college i believe he was with the chargers for a while so he's a smaller type of defender, but when you run, you know, nickel and dime dollar type of packages, Kaiser White's that perfect type of hybrid safety linebacker that can execute a lot of different assignments for you. And I feel like he's done that so far this season for the Eagles, although he is injured right now. I think he was limited in practice. We'll have to wait and see exactly what's going on. But then there's this secondary Chris and the secondary is probably the most frustrating part of this team for a few different reasons. Firstly, this this team's cornerback situation sucked like two years ago. Remember, there was a rumor that the Giants in the 2021 draft jumped over the Philadelphia Eagles to select Aaron Robinson. And reportedly, Howie Roseman was furious by that, right? But they had Darius Slay at that time. They had traded for him. And now 
Philadelphia ends up signing James Bradbury because the Giants could not afford him because the cap situation was devastating. So now you have a really formidable tandem of Darius Slay, James Bradbury, as the two boundary cornerbacks, and it sucks, man, because those two are still playing at a high level despite the fact that they're not young anymore. Yeah, that I think this is probably the most painful part of the Giants not being able to execute a trade for James Bradbury or with James Bradbury because if there's a trade, the Giants could have made sure he went to the AFC or, you know, make, make sure he goes somewhere where they're not going to see him. Now he go, he, they're not, he doesn't just stay in the NFC. He stays in the NFC East and lands with a fierce division rival and brings everything he knows about the Giants and the Giants personnel, not necessarily their offense because they're playing a completely different offense than they did under Joe Judge and what we saw in 2020 and 2021 with Jason Garrett. But he still knows Darius Slayton. He still knows Daniel Jones. Yeah, He knows Andrew Thomas. He knows Saquon Barkley. So he he knows what these guys like to do, their tendencies, how they approach their study habits and their how they get ready for a game. And yes, the Giants also know James Bradbury, but yeah, I feel like just there's an imbalance there in the value of what they know about one guy as opposed to what he knows about a lot of guys on the Giants. Yeah, Slay and Bradbury, that's just an excellent one-two combo. When you look across the aisle at the New York Giants, who's their one-two combo without a Dory Jackson there? Like, there's a big drop-off between – there's a disparity between what's going on between these two teams. In the secondary, and you have guys like Josiah Scott who is playing their nickelback position. I'm not certain if Avante Maddox is going to be healthy for this game, but he's been on the Eagles for quite a while and a solid football player. Their safeties, Marcus Epps, Reed Blankenship, Kavon Wallace, who is another, he's more of a safety, but a little bit more of a hybrid type of guy who can align in the box sometimes. It's just a really well-rounded secondary. And when you combine it with the pass rush that we went over a little bit ago, it's, it's just really forms a scary defensive unit. And I'm just trying to wonder how the giants are going to muster any sort of passing attack. I think maybe if you rely on the quick game and just put defenders into conflict, similar to what Mike Kafka did during overtime against Washington, the giants actually move the football. Maybe that's something that hasn't really been seen on film by Jonathan Gannon and this defense, but just throwing the ball, it's, it's going to be tough sledding for Daniel Jones and this offensive line, maybe even a little bit more specifically. Yeah, obviously we've talked about the pass rush, but the other thing the Eagles are really good at is taking the ball away. They lead the NFL in takeaways, and they lead the NFL in interceptions and interception rate. And they've got 22 takeaways, 15 interceptions. They're averaging just under two interceptions per game, and they've got seven games with multiple interceptions. So the Giants might want to air the ball out. They might find themselves in a situation where they have to air the ball out if the Eagles are able to score on offense and you know get a, get a lead and some momentum going. But doing so could be a real risk, not just because of the pass rush, but also because of how good this defense is taking is at taking the ball away. So I think we could 
wind up seeing the Giants targeting that slot corner position with Richie James or maybe a tight end, uh, maybe trying to work Saquon Barkley into the slot and get him matched up on Josiah Scott because you you talk about Vontae Maddox. He was activated from the injured reserve this week. He had been placed on there with a hamstring injury. As of this recording, we have we don't know what his what his status for the game is. Just that his practice window has been opened. So uh, hopefully Josiah Scott is the, is the guy there because he can be had. Yeah, you know, he has allowed three touchdowns on the season. It, that's not much of a weakness, but between that and Philly's run defense being a little bit suspect with these smaller linebackers that's about what the Giants have to work with. (laughs) And one more thing on their pass defense, too. They have the best pass defense per yards allowed in the league. And I find that to be fascinating because the Eagles have had these huge leads the entire season. And they're having these opposing teams haven't even accumulated enough garbage points to bounce them off the best pass defense in the league. You have you have teams throwing well into the fourth quarter against the Philadelphia Eagles. So it's it's like we said, and we've said several times in this podcast, throwing the football against Philadelphia is difficult, but running the football against them, I don't want to say it was a weakness, Chris, but I feel like it's one way teams have had success. It seems like a lot of that was due to Jordan Davis. Once Jordan Davis got injured, then the team, then the Eagles struggled against the run. But then Howie Roseman, Roseman was like, screw that. Linville Joseph, Nadama Kunstu, come on board. And Philadelphia added both of those guys. And then that week they played and the run defense was better. But now you get Jordan Davis back and it's going to more than likely be marketedly improved. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like, of course, just as they get ready for the Giants or just as the Giants are getting ready for them, a team which when the Giants have had success, it's been on the ground either with Saquon Barkley or combination of Barkley and Jones in the zone read game or Daniel Jones and design quarterback runs. Then of course, Philly just upgrades their run defense. And once again, I hate it when Philly does smart things. Absolutely, Chris. Do you have anything else on this matchup between the New York football Giants and those Philadelphia Eagles? You know, I think this is going to be one of those games where I just just have to completely dissociate myself from any identity as a Giants fan and just try to enjoy the game from a pure football perspective. (laughs) Best of luck with that, Chris. (laughs) But thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please like, subscribe, comment on the podcast. Things like that go a long way for us. And head on over to BigBlueView.com where we have all of our written content covering the New York football giants. Take care of each other, everyone, and have a lovely one. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. 
You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.